I think product people are very people oriented, but you have to be a jack of all trades, master of none, right? So you can have all the appropriate acumen and knowledge to understand and plan for the engineering side of things. And you can have all the hard skills like Excel or sales training for the business side or UX knowledge and marketing chops for the creative side. But if you don't know how to explain those worlds to each other and each team, then you're not gonna be good at product. You're listening to Coffee with Product, sharing the wisdom and experiences of today's thriving product managers, from the smallest startups to the largest enterprises. We'll showcase the enlightened perspectives of product managers that have found new ways to make positive impacts on their careers, traversed unexpected hardships, and ultimately transformed their approach to building product. So wake up and let wisdom be your way forward with your host, Michael Fountain. I'm your host, Michael Fountain, and today's curated wisdom and product tips come from Michaela Sleeth. So Michaela is helping to modernize the construction industry through her role as head of product at Bespoke Metrics, which we'll hear a little bit about. She works specifically on Bespoke Metrics flagship product Compass, a risk mitigation and qualification tool for subcontractors and general contractors. That sounds very interesting. I think I need a house built at this point. And when Michaela is not working, she's outside hiking, reading, or generally spending a lot of time outdoors. Welcome to the show. So happy to have you on as a guest. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your current role and what the product org looks like at Bespoke Metrics today, because people aren't familiar with that company. Yeah, absolutely. We are a bit of a niche company in a very interesting and exciting industry. So Bespoke Metrics There's four founders. I report to one of them who is the CPO. And what we're doing over there is modernizing the pre-construction world. You know, at the highest level, general contractors want to work with subcontractors to build infrastructure and build all the construction projects. But what comes with that is general contractors want to work with subcontractors who are going to be good to work with. And whether that means they're going to have good relationships in supply chain management or their health and safety record is flawless and they can get the job done and on time and for the right budget. So we assist general contractors in finding those right subcontractors in all of the trades. And then, you know, we also help the subcontractors get qualified to work on those projects. So it sounds almost like a two-sided marketplace where you've got buyers and consumers. Sort of. The main product is what we call one form. And I always equate it to TurboTax. So before you had this really archaic way of doing your taxes and you'd fill out all these weird forms and no one understood what it meant. <laughs> Completely. Um, and then... <laughs> And then TurboTax came around and now we have all of these amazing tool tips and we understand every input we're putting in and why and what's the benefit. So one of our main products um, allows subcontractors to enter their financial information and their health and safety information and their business information in a really safe environment. Obviously, we're super set up with all the proper security and they can do it all in one standardized place. And then they have that information available to an array of general contractors. Got it. And then your role is specifically on the Compass product. And that Compass product has the marketplace aspect of general contractors and subcontractors trying to find each other. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then so you said you reported into the CPO, which is one of the core founders. And 
How many other product managers or what does the product org look like there today? Yeah. So when I joined, I was the only product owner at the time. And then one of our developers actually joined me on the product team. And we worked together probably between eight months and a year. And then he ended up going back to coding and back to the front end role. And I've actually just hired two product owners for my team who now report to me. So that's really interesting. You had a developer pivot into product, came and probably built some stuff he wanted to build. (laughs) I'll put a joke there, but, and then (laughs) said, no, I'm going to go back to development, which is not uncommon at all. And now you have two other product managers working with you. That's great. So that's what you're doing today, which sounds really cool. And I know that the construction space, especially during COVID is really hot right now. And hopefully that's going to be great for your business. So tell us, how did you get started in product management and what was that first role like? And how did you land that first role? So I always joke that I just fell into the product world and then just went with it. But (laughs) it really is actually what happened. (laughs) I love that. So I was a summer student at Two Cows when I was in university. And I worked for Ting, which is their mobile service side of the company. And then when I graduated, I actually reached out to my old manager and essentially said, I really enjoyed working there. I'm graduating. Is there any open roles on the customer side of things? Because that's what I had experienced. And then they connected me with the HR manager and they said, we have this product manager role open on the domains team. You should meet with Alex, who's the VP of product. So I ended up interviewing with Alex and then he hired me. And at the time, I was incredibly surprised. I didn't even know what an API was at this point. Like I felt so underqualified, I guess the word is, for the role. But in hindsight, I think I could understand what he might have seen in me to be like a product manager. So it's good. Alex took that chance on me. And to this day, I really respect him and appreciate him for doing that. That's pretty awesome. And I want to highlight uh, two things there. You were a summer student. So you were basically doing an internship. And for those that don't know Two Cows, they have several product divisions. One of them is their domain business. But you were interning on their Ting Mobile business, which they also do Ting Mobile and Ting Fiber. That's for another story and another topic. So it sounds like you did a good job what you were doing there for the summer. The second thing that I want to call out is you spoke up. And you said, hey, I really like working here. I'm finishing up my internship. What opportunities exist in the organization that's customer facing that I might be a good fit for? And it sounds like that was the thing that you did, which is a thing that I see people don't do. If you don't tell people what you want, you're not going to get what you want. And you just have to be able to speak up. It sounds like when you got the job, you felt underqualified. And I think some of that is imposter syndrome. Am I good enough to do this thing? Do I know? enough about this role, this industry, this product. But again, you leveraged the few months that you were there and probably the great job that you did to springboard you into an opportunity to learn a new set of skills. And as you said, you've got a lot of thanks to Alex for believing in you. And I, I know Alex personally, a great guy, and he took the chance. You stepped up to the the role and I think you you knocked it out of the park. So that's a great first story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. I know you're creating You started there. You've had a few other things that you've done and and you're at Bespoke now. And one of the things that new product managers are cautious about is they might make a mistake along the way or they might stumble along the way. And I look at those things that when you stumble, it's like it's a lesson learned. 
typically when you learn these lessons, sometimes the hard way by just getting stuck, is there things that kind of transform your thinking, transform the way that you build product or think about product or interface with other people? Do you have any of those stories that you would like to share? I was thinking about this question and I was really trying to pinpoint like a product or a specific feature I've worked on and tell some grandiose and inspiring story. But honestly, I think you nailed it when you said one of the hardest lessons is just realizing you're going to fail and accepting that. I think recently I came to understand that in twofold. So the first part being that I need to understand I have the autonomy and expertise to make these big decisions that are ultimately going to impact the business as a whole. But the real lesson there is that I then have to accept those decisions and that they might be the wrong decision. So I'm now accountable in having to go back and figure out what went wrong and not be emotional about it or double down and get defensive. If I think about just, let's say like the last three months, like maybe I was in a rush to execute on a solution quickly, more of a band-aid solution. And I didn't validate any assumptions with the right data or any data at all. Maybe I approved and pushed for a UI that didn't fit in any way to our current look and feel of the software. Maybe I had developers spend a week building feature that I didn't run by our customer success team and I didn't get sign off. And now we have to scrap the week's worth of work to go in a different direction. These are all just examples of like very commonplace failures that I've dealt with. And I just have to remind myself like not to beat myself up on every misstep because these missteps are actually allowing me to find the balance between executing and shipping quickly, still formulating a process that might be better, not only for the users of the software, but the internal teams I'm working with as well. You said a couple of things there that I really like. And one is, you know, don't get emotional. I think there's a lot of pride built up in the things that people build and think of and design and create and bring to light. And you can get really attached to those things. That attachment can lead to an overcommitment to something that might be headed in the wrong direction. You want extreme ownership. And I know that you and I talked about this a long time ago. You want extreme ownership of something that is yours, but that ownership comes on both sides of the coin. You own the success and you own the failure and don't hide from that. Those are the outlearning opportunities for you to grow as a product person, as a peer to your other counterparts, And as a service to your customers, the ownership is strong when you don't get emotional in that piece of it. Now, you definitely have pride. Don't get me wrong. Like, don't confuse pride and emotion, but you definitely want pride in what you're building. Kind of remove the emotion from it if you can. And it's not always easy. It's it's, it's actually quite hard to do. You know, because anyone who is conscientious is going to have an emotional attachment to what they're working on. But you just have to cut your losses sometimes. There are so many stories of products that were built for many years and they were built a certain way because someone was really emotionally attached to them and they won't change (laughs) because the emotion is so strong. And when you ask why, it's because that's the way it's always been. And you've got these people that have been there. And But it it is a thing like when you come in with a fresh set of eyes and you see a, a system or a process that could be improved or enhanced or modified slightly to create a better customer experience or create a better opportunity for the company or create a better developer experience for engineering or design experience or customer 
customer success experience. If you can remove emotion from that and help people see that, hey, there is an alternate way that we can look at this, it is a win for everyone. So that's a really good one. And then I think the second one is don't double down and get defensive. I like that. <laughs> Where you like <laughs> dig your heels in and you just, yeah. The opposite of that is don't do that. Just double down and get defensive and get mad and I guess get emotional at that point too, because that's part of that uh, defense mechanism. Yeah. So those are definitely some valuable lessons that I think everybody could stand to at least understand and learn as they go forward so they can look out for them. So thanks for sharing those. Yeah. I think we could sum up the TLDR of that kind of conversation of with the message of check your ego at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Check your ego at the door. Beautiful. That's the name of the title of this episode now. Check your (laughs) ego at the door with Michaela Sleeth. (laughs) (laughs) So let's like flip that around now. Tell the, the listeners about one of your greatest career moments, something that went really well. And if you can reflect upon that, what were some of the keys to success? I mean, I'm just going to go back to what we were talking about earlier in that I've just hired two new product owners to work on my team. And I really do think that doing that was one of my greatest career moments. And it's happening right now because I'm so excited about mentoring these new product owners. And it's actually both of their first product roles. So it was like full circle with the idea of Alex hiring me. And it felt I felt extremely lucky and like he recognized my skills that would transfer into products. I tried to do that in this situation as well. It's the first time I'm officially having people report to me. And even though it feels like I've done this type of leadership for a long time and delegating work to developers and whatnot, it's the first time that I really had to think to myself and reflect on what makes a good product manager candidate. And really, now I understand that product teams are just like a group of oddball people from all sorts of career backgrounds who just want to build cool shit. But I think product people are very people oriented, but you have to be a jack of all trades, master of none, right? So you can have all the appropriate acumen and knowledge to understand and plan for the engineering side of things. And you can have all the hard skills like... Excel or sales training for the business side or UX knowledge and marketing chops for the creative side. But if you don't know how to explain those worlds to each other and each team, then you're not going to be good at product. So in that reflection of my own product trajectory and the kind of soft skills that got me here, I was really able to connect with that and hire what I think is going to be a super strong team. And I think they're already better at my job than I am, which is truly what I want. You never want to be the smartest person in the room. So I'm really excited about this part of my product career and learning from these new POs. That's actually really awesome. The fact that you are paying it forward and repeating what worked well for you, which was, hey, give this person a chance. There's something in them that they have demonstrated either through their resume, through their university courses or through other prior work. And I'm going to give them a chance. A lot of people don't get that. There are a lot of job descriptions out there that want a senior PM with 20 years of experience or they want a new technology guru and uh, with 20 years of experience, but the technology's only been around for five years. And there's such a misalignment yeah. on what is expected or what is looked for and what is reality. And I think 
a lot of people don't give associate product management opportunities a chance. The fact that you're doing that is awesome. I also love that you said product managers tend to need to be a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And in product management, that's probably more true than in most career choices that people can make. I don't necessarily want to be a PhD of product management because that is not what I would think would make a really good product manager. A product manager needs to understand the business. They need to understand the customer and they need to understand the experience that they're building. And that is really just putting yourself with a lot of empathy and a lot of different shoes and to know enough that someone needs help and then to be able to communicate that to the right people at the right time. Yeah, exactly. You can have those hard skills. You can have gone to school for technical computer engineering, but if you don't have soft skills like emotional intelligence or situational awareness and you have to be upfront and honest, but balance that with being friendly and having manners and <laughs> you have to have common sense and then you can fall back on your hard skills. So if you yeah. have that technical background, that's amazing. And if you have understanding of the customer experience and how that kind of operates, that's amazing. And if you have understanding of sales and marketing, that's also amazing. But if you can't communicate and rely on your common sense at the end of the day, then you know, you're know you not going to be able to handle the tenacity required for this type of role. You know, But I think most people have those common skills and they just doubt themselves that it can transfer into a job like product manager. I think a lot of people do have the skills to become a product manager. And whether it's thinking back to what you said earlier, do I trust that I can do it myself? Do I have the confidence that I know enough to move forward? I don't have to know everything to make a decision, but I know enough to make an informed decision. And I also love that you said you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And when you're hiring folks... Yeah, you don't want to (laughs) be. That would be a scary room. (laughs) That would be a scary room. And there are definitely those managers out there that do that. And I'm not pointing any fingers, but you don't want to be the smartest person in the room because when you're hiring people, you're usually hiring to fit a very specific need. Sometimes it's a generalist need. And typically when you're hiring a new product manager without a lot of experience, you're expecting them to do a lot of different things in order to learn the craft and learn the industry. And that can be more of a generalist role, but they might be bringing their emotional intelligence or situational awareness to the party, if you will. And thinking about what they've done in the past that they can double down on that's good in the future is what you're looking for when you're hiring, especially folks that are just out of university or this is their first PM role. Well, I tell you, that is uh, definitely some great advice, Michaela. And I love the conversation that we've had. Let me ask you one last question here, though. What's the best career advice that you've ever received that you'd like to pass along? The first thing that comes to mind when writing emails or communicating with people and you're requesting something, if you say, you know, I just wanted to touch base or just checking in to take that part of the communication out. So take the just out of what you're writing or what you're trying to communicate because you don't want to beat around the bush or maybe this is coming from a a more female perspective as well, where you, you have that balance of being assertive, but not coming across as bossy. So we insert these words like just and sorry, and kind of all of these words that pad what we're actually after. And we shouldn't be afraid to simply ask for what we need or the next steps in a process. So just take out 
Just take out just. I love that. You actually tied back into the beginning is ask for what you need and don't be afraid to ask for it. You're not going to get it if you don't ask. Nobody's going to know that you need it if you're not there to ask. And I think I'm guilty of this is just checking in, seeing how things are going or just checking in. Can I ask you for a favor or just checking in? I need this status or I need this thing. Just remove the just. I'm going to have to try that one. That's good advice. It's simple advice, but it goes far. Thank you for saying that. And, and I wanted to highlight, you also said this may come from the female perspective of being assertive, uh, but don't come across as bossy. And I must say, I recall working with you. I loved working with you because you were assertive in your thoughts. When you had a thought or an opinion or feedback to give, you didn't beat around the bush. Tremendous amount of respect for that. And I see people being timid too often, male and female in this respect, about giving feedback feedback, asking for feedback, but just communicating what you need. A lot of people will leave a job because they won't communicate that they're not happy. Or a lot of people won't get their raises or promotions because they won't communicate that they're looking for those things. And rightly so, you're not going to get everything you ask for, but if no one knows about it, no one's there to help you. A lot of great managers, and you're in this role now, you want to be able to help and support your team. And as you help and support your team, you need an open dialogue of feedback and support and having a safe place to ask questions, having a safe place to say, how can I support you? What help do you need from me? And on the flip side, you're looking for them to be honest with you and tell you, hey, I need help here or I'm not happy with this situation. What kind of advice do you have? Or let's talk through these scenarios so I can make a decision and maybe I can pass that decision through you. You know, those are a lot of the what I hope is like really fun things you know, coming in your career, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited. You touched on a really great point of if you don't ask, no one will ever know what you need. And for me, that that took a little while in my career thus far. Like, it definitely took me probably five years to think to myself, you know what, the worst thing that I can hear if I request something is no. And I'm not going <laughs> to yep. die. It's not heart surgery and nothing is on the line. It's just... I need to put out there how I feel and what I want and, you know, why I think I deserve this. And it's either going to work out or I'm going to get constructive criticism that will then lead me on the path to get where I need to be. You have to be delicate about certain situations. You can't just blurt out, this is what I want and I deserve it. But <laughs> right. you have to find a balance. Yeah, you have to use your words and communicate. And that kind of transfers into all aspects of life. But I think definitely it takes some time. I think that's a couple of pieces of great career advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. As I reflect on our time, Michaela, and this conversation in general, you are a rock star. Thank you very much for sharing your stories. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for bouncing some ideas around with me as we talk through this. So if listeners want to connect with you personally or to learn more about working maybe at Bespoke Metrics when you hire more PMs, how would they do that? How would you like them to reach out to you? Uh, LinkedIn. You can find me, Michaela Sleeth. Michaela Sleeth on LinkedIn. I will make sure and link to that in the show notes. So until next time, Product Nation, stay curious. Thank you, Michaela. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you, Michael. Happy to be here. That's all for this episode of Coffee with Product, but we have plenty more methods to help you find your way forward in your product career. To collect the wisdom tips from today's episode, as well as all of our other episodes, visit us online at coffeewithproduct.com and be sure to give us some feedback on how we can help you wake up and let wisdom be your way forward exclusively on coffeewithproduct.com.